you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. You might laugh at me, but the number one story this weekend for games, it's going to be weather, like bone-chillingly cold, like negative, negative double-digit degree wind chill. We have your weather update coming up. We'll also speak to Hall of Fame head coach Bill Cower, his memories of the late, great Franco Harris as we get ready for the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception live on NFL Network here Saturday, the Steelers and the Raiders. NFL Now, NFL Network from our newsroom in Los Angeles. Thanks for being here. My name is Andrew Siciliano. Let's get to the quarterback news right out of the gate. Uh, No more trying to fake that Jalen Hurts might be. He's not. He's not playing. It is Gardner Minshew who has thrown only four passes this year at quarterback for the Eagles Saturday in the late window in Dallas. Uh, Gardner will be our guy, and Gardner will be ready. Gardner worked his butt off uh, to for this opportunity uh, against a really good football team and uh, had a great practice yesterday. I think I think you guys uh, have all heard that, of uh, how good a practice he had yesterday, a lot of energy out there, and uh, he's ready to go. All right, Ian Rappaport, NFL Network Insider. In a perfect scenario there for Nick Seriati, he can beat the Cowboys, sweep the Cowboys with Gardner Minshew, wrap up home field advantage, and then tell Jalen Hurts, take all the time you need. Yeah, I would say that is the perfect scenario for the Philadelphia Eagles. That is the question. It's not about can Jalen Hurts return from a sprained throwing shoulder in one week. Sounds like he probably could. It's a relatively minor injury, which is always what I say when it's not my shoulder. But it does not sound like this is something that would cause a lengthy absence. It's really getting to the point of the season of, like, what is the point of him returning? If the Eagles win against the Cowboys, they get the number one seed, they get the bye, and there's literally nothing to play for in the regular season. Might Jalen Hurts want to get out there in week 17 or week 18 and kind of loosen up, throw a little bit, and stay sharp for the playoffs? Maybe. Some players like to do that. The Eagles might want him to do that. But if he plays and if everything is locked up, playing him in any sort of real sense makes no sense. So here's what we need to know for this game. Gardner Minshew is going to start. Uh, He is ready. He is one of the better backups in the NFL. He's someone the Eagles traded for and have really liked and have high hopes for and have never really gotten to play him. Now they will, and after this, I would say we'll see if we see Jalen Hurts on the field the rest of the regular season. Okay, so Gardner Minshew, who has thrown only four passes this year, will make his 23rd career start. This one for the Eagles in Dallas as they try to wrap up the number one seed. Ron Rivera still fighting for a playoff spot here despite the loss to the Giants on Sunday night. Big game in San Francisco coming up this week. And, Ian, the good news is they are finally getting Chase Young back. Finally, Ron Rivera met with Chase Young before last week's game uh, and really got the two on the same page. I know everybody was thinking that he would maybe be back for the Giants game, was not to be. Uh, So he waited a week. They didn't shut him down. They kind of kept hope alive. And he's going to play. He's off the injury report. He is good to go. And what Ron Rivera wanted to see was for him to put his foot in the ground and just go. 
They believe they can see that. So Chase Young will play against the 49ers this weekend. And the Commanders are guaranteed a wild card spot if they win out, if they win these three games. And the Ravens are guaranteed to win the AFC North if they win out because they get the Bengals week 18. The question is, Ian, the quarterback this week, still not Lamar Jackson. Still not Lamar Jackson. And the Baltimore Ravens were hopeful, optimistic that Lamar would be back this week. This is week three of a one to three week PCL injury. But it was not to be. So Snoop Huntley, Tyler Snoop Huntley, going to be the starting quarterback as he has been the last couple weeks. John Harbaugh stepping to the podium after last week and being very clear. They needed more offense. The hope was that Lamar Jackson would provide it. He will not. So it is going to be Tyler Snoop Huntley doing that for the Ravens. Expect them to pound the heck out of the ball as they did last week. Meanwhile, for the Tennessee Titans, no Ryan Tannehill at practice again today. No surprise. He is not expected to play. Malik Willis expected to be the starting quarterback there. And after that, Andrew, we'll see what happens. Because if the Titans lose, it becomes a little bit of an uphill battle for them to make the playoffs. doesn't make sense to put Ryan Tannehill out there with two injured ankles that have been battling all season. I would argue it probably does not. Okay. Well, both the Titans and the Jaguars here are guaranteed to win the AFC South if they are to win out. Okay, the Jaguars play before the Titans. They play tonight, Ian. It's cold. It's kind of rainy. New York, Jets, Jaguars. Let's run through some injuries here. What do we know? We'll start with Quinn Williams, the star defensive tackle for the New York Jets, really one of the best players on their team. He's missed last week's game with a calf injury. As Robert Salas said, the arrow's pointing up. I would expect Quinn Williams to play in that slop that's going to be on the field. Tonight, he was a full participant in practice yesterday. That was a good sign. Meanwhile, Trayvon Walker, the star defender uh, for the Jacksonville Jaguars, number one pick, not going to play. He's already been ruled out. He's dealing with an ankle injury, so they will not have him. And then Trevor Lawrence, the star quarterback for the Jaguars, was really, really impressed the last couple weeks despite battling a sprained big toe. Uh, really no issues here. He's actually getting healthier, not the other way around. Expect him to be a little more mobile tonight. Listen, it is questionable, but he is expected to play. Okay, Jets-Jaguars, the big game, Week 16, to kick off a huge, huge yeah. playoff implication week here around the NFL. Thank you. Ian Rappaport, let's look at the AFC playoff picture and tell you why this game is significant. The Jets here are 7-7, seven and seven, and it's a bad tiebreaker for them, but the Patriots, they need to start winning here. The Jaguars are 6-8, but as I told you before, if they win out, they will win the AFC South. They'll be 9-8, and eight, and they'll have the tiebreaker over the Titans. It means they will have swept them and beaten them again. Hi, Judy Batista. Week 18. You see Judy is bundled up. She's got the hat. She's got the scarf. Uh, how's it looking there, Judy? Uh, gross, if that's a meteorological term that we can use. It's really gross, and it's expected to get grosser, if that's another term we can use. Um, it has been raining for about three hours now, sort of a steady rain. It's not very windy now, but there is a wind advisory that's supposed to kick in at about 10 o'clock Eastern, so that would be for the second half of the game, and it is supposed to get much heavier with the rain later. The field drains just fine, so I don't think that that's going to be a problem, but certainly the conditions you would think would expect uh, would impact the style of play. Um, you would think that uh, we're probably not going to see as many explosive passing plays, maybe more of a reliance on the run game. We will see, but certainly uh, the wind is going to affect things, and that'll affect the kicking game, if nothing else. Yeah, certainly. What about game plan for either team here? Uh, weather game plan? I've heard, heard a lot of coaches ask this week, well, do you have one game plan if it is windy, one game plan if it isn't windy, one if it's snowing, one if it isn't? What are they saying? 
I thought this was a great quote from uh, offensive coordinator Press Taylor from Jacksonville. He said, anything falling, snow falling, rain falling is not ideal. Obviously, in Jacksonville, he would prefer things to be like Jacksonville, warm and sunny and no wind most of the time. He's not going to get that tonight. The good news for everybody here is it's not going to be bitter cold. It's going to rain and be windy, but the temperature is actually going to be about 50 degrees, kind of weird weather. So the the cold won't be the problem. Obviously, that would suggest that both teams would go to their running game. But quite frankly, both of these teams have had really erratic running attacks all season. Now, the Jaguars ran it up last week against the Dallas Cowboys. But for the weeks before that, they were not even getting to 100 yards per game rushing. Travis Etienne had been running really well earlier in the season. You would think that they would give him a heavy workload today to get the running game going. And and for the Jets, look, they started the season wanting to be ground and pound, and they were doing that early in the season. It was a big part of their success with rookie Brees Hall. He was running. They were really getting into a groove running the ball. And then in October, Brees Hall got hurt and things have been a little shaky since then. They've been relying on Bam Knight and Michael Carter to run the ball. Some weeks it's okay. Some weeks it's not. Last week against the Lions, Sunday rather against the Lions, they had only 50 yards rushing. So they've really had trouble getting traction. And of course, that puts even more pressure on Zach Wilson to make plays in the passing game. They would like to relieve that pressure as much as possible. We will see if they can get the running game going tonight. Both teams could really use it in these conditions. Uh, Zonovan Bam Knight last week's Pepsi Zero Sugar Rookie of the Week. Don't want to spoil it for anyone, but I'm going to tell you right now, a Jet did not win this week, which oh. is which is an upset. The big yeah. reveal coming later. Yeah. Thank you, Judy Batista, live there at MetLife Stadium, ahead of the Jets and the Jaguars tonight. It is streaming at 8.15 on Prime Video tonight. Jaguars and the Jets. Last week, the Jaguars won, actually only a couple of days ago, and a Rayshon Jenkins pick six, took it away, pass from Dak Prescott, went down the sideline. It was the first pick six game winner for the Jaguars since Rasheen Mathis did it. Week six in 2005, that is the first in overtime. Cowboys are trying to rebound this week. Cowboys get the Eagles this week. Let's get more on that one. Double back to that one with our James Palmer. Dak Prescott did not play the first time week six. James, when the Cowboys played the Eagles, how are they getting ready this time? Yeah, they have a lot uh, on their hands with Dak Prescott running this offense. Since he returned in week seven, Andrew, we know they're averaging over 35 points a game, number one in the league. They have the best third down percentage of 56%, and they're second in the red zone at 81%. They're doing things at just a higher level with Dak Prescott operating this offense. And the way the Eagles are preparing for that is they look at this offense with Dak running it, and they just believe they operate on their terms. They keep things on how they want to go because they stay ahead of the sticks, and they run the ball very well on first and second down. They're extremely balanced, and that allows them, as I mentioned, third down, to be so effective in those instances. So the Phillies' message the entire week, to my understanding, has been make sure you don't let them dictate the game. You try to dictate the game by winning your one-on-one matchups early, specifically in that front seven, and you win with violence. I like that term from Jonathan Gannon, the defensive coordinator. But they know they have their hands full with both those running backs and Tony Pollard and Zeke Elliott, as well as CeeDee Lamb. The message to these corners that are so good, as we know Mark Ross loves James Bradbury, he says he deserves to be a pro bowler. You know, Darius Slay is a pro bowler. With C.D. Lamb, they want to make sure they wrap up and tackle. They believe he is so good at the catch point, Andrew, when he's catching the football in 50-50 ball situations. They want to be physical with C.D. Lamb. They want to make sure he doesn't get any yards after contact. Those are the two main focuses 
this Philadelphia Eagles defense. Well, that secondary is very good, but uh, as our friend used to say, the front end supports the back end here, and that Eagles front seven and the way they've been sending pass rushers in waves at the opposition is clearly a huge reason for this defense's success. The Philly D-line, the Cowboys O-line, is an interesting battle as well, James. Yeah, it may not be the sexiest battle with all the skill position players in this game, Andrew, right? But I think that's the one we want to watch. That's strength versus strength. This offensive line protects Dak Prescott better than any group in the NFL. And this defensive line with 55 sacks gets after the quarterback better than anybody else in football. You mentioned the waves. They believe they're so deep and versatile up front. They can pick their matchups. They can move guys around. If you're great on a bull rush against this offensive lineman that doesn't handle it very well, well, they can interchange guys up front to find their strengths. And that's a great advantage for all the bodies that they have and rotate, as you mentioned, up front. But you mentioned the coverage and the sack pressure, how they go hand in hand. Nick Sirianni said that early in the beginning of the season, they were getting all these turnovers where they're still getting turnovers. They're second in the NFL in it, but they were getting turnovers because the pass rush was there and quarterbacks were rushing throws. Now they're getting more sacks. They've had six or more sacks in each of their last three games because quarterbacks don't want to turn the football over. So they're holding on to it because the corners are playing so well. So those two groups playing very well off of each other. That battle in the in the trenches, Andrew, is really the one that I have my eye on. Yep, the marquee game here with only two games in the late window with the Eagles trying to wrap up home field advantage throughout the NFC. By the way, should note here that Mike Vrabel just ruled, not in this game, but just ruled Ryan Tannehill out. So that is official now. No Ryan Tannehill this week for the Titans. Thank you, James Palmer. Live there with more on the Cowboys and the Eagles. We'll have more on that game a little bit later. Coming up next... We'll hear from another Steeler Hall of Famer. Yesterday, Mean Joe Green, Lynn Swan. Next, Bill Cower joins us. His memories of the great Franco Harris. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Still trying to process the news here. Woke up yesterday morning and found out that we lost Franco Harris. And the timing is just, God, it's, it's, it's chilling. Just three days before Franco Harris was to become the third Steeler in that franchise's great history to have his jersey, his 32 retired. Three days before the 50th anniversary of the Immaculate Reception, we lose Franco Harris. So many reactions and great tweets and photos coming in. This one... From a guy who also has a gold jacket, and that's former Steelers coach Bill Cower, who is kind enough to join us live now on NFL Network. Coach, condolences. What are you thinking when you see that photo there? You know, when Andrew and I woke up and, and I heard the news, um, it just hit me so hard because I know what this weekend meant to him. It was a very special one to him. And he'll always tell you that he was one of many people, but he was one of his own. He was a guy who was a great ambassador, not just on the field, but off the field. And his his humility, and I, as I said in my tweet, his grace and sense of pride of the city of Pittsburgh was something I know when I came back in 1992 and trying to bring the legacy in that great 70s era and what they stood for, the standards that they had set, to bring them back 
to us in the 90s. And he was there every uh, gathering I had with all the incoming rookies. I do it every year. I get a, a player at each position. And whether it was Donnie Shell or it was Joe Green or, you know, you know Lynn Swan. Um, but Franco was there every year talking about what it was meant to be a Pittsburgh Steeler. And what it was, it wasn't just what you did on the field. It's what you did in the community. And so many of those guys stayed there. They sat there and they they lived there. They gave back. There was a pride. There was a sense of purpose. There was a sense of responsibility that when you walked into that building of the Pittsburgh Steelers, guys like Frank O'Hare set that standard, you know, and that was what we had to live up to. And you know what? Starts at the top with the Roonies and guys like Franco and Joe Green and Mel Blunt. They lived that out, and they were a great, great example and great role models for every steward that came onto our team. Yeah, it speaks so much to him that he stayed there, too. He he couldn't walk down the street without taking 15 photos. I mean, he's Franco Harris. Everyone knows, everyone loves Franco Harris, and he stayed and he gave back every single day, Bill, it seemed. Andrew, he was he was a type of guy that uh, so many times I would sit back and he said, thank you for coming back and bringing back the running game, the deep pass and defense, because that's what I grew up watching. That's what I grew up four miles from Three River Stadium. And I watched him as a kid in high school going to NC State and what they did to that city and, and bringing a sense of pride, a sense of, uh, of what you stood for, the city of Pittsburgh, the blue collar approach to it. Franco lived that out. He gave back more than he ever that he ever um, gave to the game. He gave back more than that, and what he stood for from the standpoint of what he he was as a person, that's what you wanted. And that was the role model that he kind of set for being a Pittsburgh Steeler. And again, I guess go back and think about the times. And you know, one funny is I, I used to get him all these different functions. I used to try to grab him into a corner. I said, Franco, I go honestly, just 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 tell me. Did the ball actually hit the ground? What do you say? I mean, just between, just between you and I. He goes, I really don't know. I go, but no, you really <laughs> probably do. I said, because you, you would feel it if it hits the ground. And he goes, coach, he goes, it really doesn't matter. I said, okay, well, I guess, I guess so much for that. <laughs> so, uh, um, But he wouldn't, you know, he that play, I always remember I was listening to Myron Cope. There's a name from the past. On the radio with my dad when that play took place. And... I was in Pittsburgh and just what that play meant. And it really kind of started the uh, the dominance that the Steelers had in the 70s with that play. The loss to the Dolphins, obviously, and then they went on the run after that the next year and started winning Super Bowls and started winning four of them. Again, Bill, I go back to the timing and what this day was going to mean to him Saturday, the jersey and the 50th anniversary, the idea that, that he's not going to be there, we're not going to hear those stories because Tomlin said it everyone's claim everyone claimed they were there for this scene right I mean everyone <laughs> yeah. claims they were there yeah. you you have that yeah. vivid memory of listening to it as a 15 year old yes. on the radio you can't this, tell the history of the Steelers or the history of this league without that play in that game yeah play that game against that team I mean the, the Raiders which went on forever. I mean, that was Al Davis coming back, and then we had the lawsuit later on with with Chuck Noll and you know and and Al Davis and and, and the Rooney's with Al Davis. But it, it, that's what you talk about rivalries. You talk about tradition. It, it started in the '70s with that. And these two teams, what they represented in terms of what you represented with your city, 
That's what it stood for. And when I came back, that's what I understood it to be. It's about a representation of what this city is all about. It's grit. It's hard work. It's determination. It's humility. It's about also winning, winning. So he represented all of that because he was a winner. He was a gritty guy, very humble guy. And he also gave back so much to the community. I have no doubt there will be a moment of silence, a touching one Saturday evening for the late great Franco Harris as they raise that 32 to the rafters and point to the sky as well right here on NFL Network. Coach, again, condolences. Happy holidays to you and the family. Happy holidays to you, Andrew, as well. Thank, Thank you for having me on. Of course. Thanks for taking the time. Hall of Famer Bill Cower, everybody, as we get ready for the game on Saturday evening right here on NFL Network. The Raiders and the Steelers, the 50th anniversary. It is going to be a celebration of that great play and a celebration of the life and times of the great Franco Harris. Our crew's rolling into Pittsburgh. Mooch got off the plane last night, and as so many of us have done, I've done this too. You come down the escalator at the Pittsburgh airport and you take a picture. Look at the memorial that's popped up. Look at the terrible towels since we lost Franco with Steelers fans dropping these off underneath the statue there. You know, just to the other side of that statue is a statue of George Washington, by the way. True story. There's two statues. That's what Pittsburghers think of, of the great Franco Harris. He's there with George Washington when you get off the plane. And Mooch. Coming up next on NFL Now, Josh Allen of the Bills are holding on to the top spot in the AFC, but there is still a chance that Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs can steal it from him. A look ahead to Saturday and Christmas Eve in these two games next. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. If you're just joining us on NFL Now, the news is breaking in Nashville. Ryan Tannehill is out, officially is out this week as the Titans and the Texans battle in Nashville. Matter of fact, Tennessee is down five starters, including two more offensive linemen. Nate Davis, Ben Jones, guard and center are also ruled out. Malik Willis will start a quarterback for the Titans, who still lead the AFC South and still can win it. That is if they win out. Let's get to the other games coming up here on Saturday. Josh Allen, named to his second Pro Bowl yesterday, says he doesn't want to go. He'd rather be preparing for the Super Bowl. The Bills right now are the one seed in the AFC. If they win out, they will get home field advantage. If they go to Chicago and battle the Elements and beat the Bears coming up on Saturday, they will wrap up Stacey Dales, their third consecutive AFC East crowd. So the Bears defense down, Jack Sanborn and Eddie Jackson and others have that to deal with. 
Yes, indeed. And Jalen Johnson questionable with that rib and uh, finger injury heading into this one, uh, though I think he will be able to go Saturday. But listen, for the uh, Chicago defense, it's all about the quarterback, Justin, uh, excuse me, I'll get to Justin Fields in a moment, Josh Allen, uh, because of what he has accomplished in both realms of the game. Once again, this season, he obviously is second in the NFL in offensive yards, uh, just behind Patrick Mahomes, over 4,500 offensive yards, second, tied for second in the NFL again, behind Patrick Mahomes in offensive touchdowns with 36 of them. And he does it with his arm. He does it with his legs. And it was interesting. You know, it's always interesting to listen to the opposing coach game plan against somebody like uh, uh, Josh Allen. I'm actually having a Buffalo Bills interview come in in a moment here. Uh, but Iberflu said, wow, you know, dynamic player. He's just so big and strong and hard to pull down. Uh, but then he keeps his eyes downfield and they use him in all those different designs, Andrew, whether it's quarterback draws, sweeps, you name it. And so the attention will be on Josh Allen heading into this game on Saturday. And the attention for the Bills defense undoubtedly on Justin Fields, who last week went over a thousand yards rushing. And Stacy, he is on pace here to break Lamar Jackson's single season rushing record for quarterbacks. He really is with those 1,000 yards and building right now. And uh, he's a problem for everybody. That's the word that everybody uses that faces him to describe him. And he has the attention of everybody. Obviously, he leads the NFL on scramble yards. But if you go to Next Gen Stats and Next Gen, our research team, such a good job with the Next Gen stuff. He also, on those design runs, yards, rush yards over expected, which which come off of all of the design runs that Luke Getz, the offensive coordinator, has implemented. He leads the NFL there as well. I talked to Jordan Poyer, safety for this Bills defense, and he said to me, obviously, he just presents so many challenges and threats on top of their number one rushing offense. Because let's not forget, with Justin Herbert, with Khalil Herbert, Andrew, coming off of IR, uh, which Matt Eberflew said will happen tomorrow, now you've got the one-two punch with David Montgomery, Herbert, and Justin Fields. They also lead the NFL as a rushing group in broken tackles. So Poyer told me, listen, 11 hats to the football could not be more paramount. They have to have that in place on Saturday, especially with these cold temperatures. And one-on-one -on -one tackles just aren't going to work against the running backs and the quarterback in Justin Fields, who also, Poyer said, is a significant threat with his arm and the power of that arm. So it should be a fun, cold one at Soldier Field on Saturday. And you would have to think with the conditions and those wins that you mentioned here, they're going to have to run the football a lot. Chicago's already rushed for over 2,600 yards. It's been incredible. Incredible. Yep. But they've lost seven straight. And so you need a little bit more than that. This will be a fun one. Bundle up. Stacy Dale, Soldier Will Field, do. coming up Thanks, Andrew. on Saturday. It is also going to be very cold, oh, by the way, in Kansas City when we get the Seahawks coming off a Thursday night loss and a heartbreaking one to the 49ers trying to right the ship on the road at Arrowhead against the Chiefs team trying to keep pace with the Bills in that fight for the number one overall seed. Let's get James Palmer in here. That's the number one seed, of course, in the AFC to talk about this one. But start, James, with the Seahawks. Tough one to the 49ers. Now they got to go on the road. Now they have some injuries at wide receiver. They need Geno to keep slinging it. 
And that might be exactly what they do, Andrew. Have Geno keep slinging it because he throws a beautiful ball. Patrick Mahomes absolutely loves it. He said it this week. But that might be their best matchup if they're going to go into Kansas City and win this game. DK Metcalf, we know there's no Tyler Lockett, but DK Metcalf in a potential situation where maybe he can take things over. This secondary that is extremely young, and Andy Reid has talked about it all season, has given up more passing touchdowns than any other team in football. 30, five more than anybody else. They've given up more passing touchdowns to receivers than anybody else in football. And Juno Smith is the number one deep ball, you know, passer in the league. And when you look at the way DK Metcalf is built, defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo of the Chiefs said it's like T.O. out there. It doesn't matter if you give him more attention without Lockett on the field. You would assume that the Chiefs do do that to DK Metcalf. It doesn't matter. He can still out-physical you in some aspects of how he goes out and goes about his business. Now, Geno Smith said this week that DK Metcalf isn't putting any added pressure on himself without Tyler Lockett out there. But he said, the more opportunities I give him in a game, usually you see him start to perform at a higher level. So he could be possibly hinting at the fact that if we just try to feed DK in any capacity we can against a secondary that has struggled this season, that's the way you try, I guess, to keep up with Patrick Mahomes. All right. Patrick Mahomes, who is leading the league in yardage, passing yardage, leading the league in passing touchdowns, not taking all these deep strikes as we used to see. But yet, James, at the end of this thing, he still has the best numbers of anyone, even though we've spent so much time talking about how this offense has changed. Exactly. And I think it's the self-evaluation that really stands out to this coaching staff that Patrick Mahomes is so good at. You look at that game two weeks ago against Denver. He throws the three interceptions and he went back and watched the film and just thought he was forcing the football too much. He was being too aggressive and looked at the film and saw there are passes there that this defense is giving me and I need to take advantage of those. So then what does he do? He goes out and against the Texans and goes 36 of 41, 88% completion percentage, takes what the defense gives him, go for 336, two touchdowns and zero interceptions. He takes that underneath throw. Now, he does believe he's at his best when he can take those deep shots. He's always going to be aggressive, but find that edge between the two aspects. Because on passes 10 yards or shorter through the air, Andrew, he's thrown 26 touchdown passes. That's more than 88 eight more than anybody else in all of football. So that underneath stuff, he's really thrived in, and it's an aspect that is struggled within this Seahawks defense as well. All right, Chiefs and the Seahawks with playoff implications abounding as the Chiefs try to keep pace. Is that even English, abounding? Sure. Laquan, let's Today look that is. up. Thank you, James Palmer. We appreciate you. It's the NFL Now is a production of the NFL in partnership with iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower... 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.